This is Mattercast. Real people, conversations that matter. Welcome and enjoy. Welcome to this episode of Mattercast. Today I sit down with Lizzie Rose, who's a healer, a children's book author, and a uh, business owner. We talked about everything from what is prayer to the power of devotion, what it looks like to balance the feminine and masculine energies within us, parenting, holding space in relationships, all kinds of stuff. And uh, it was a great conversation. I hope you enjoy. And ladies and gentlemen, give it up for Miss Lizzie Rose. Hey, welcome, Lizzie. Thank you, Jeff. Yeah. So I know that, you know, I think that anytime I want to have like a really intentional conversation with somebody, I want to put the, the right intent out there. Yeah. So that we get the most out of our conversation and that whoever's listening to this gets the most out of this conversation. I just really hope that both of us um, are just really, you know, can communicate and hear each other just through love and light and good loving intentions and whatever comes out of this is just right for whoever happens to be listening to this and is just exactly what they need to hear and and for us as well so very basic intention but i don't know (laughs) so um lizzie um there's so many things that we can talk about it's been a little while since the last time we talked yeah but I would like to really just kind of start off of what it is that you do and, and kind of what it's all about. At the most basic level, I would say that I help people to access or embody or reach the version or expression of themselves that they struggle to embody on their own. So that takes on different forms. Um, the, I refer to myself as an energy healer. I use Reiki and now flower essences and basically any modality that that interests me, which I learn about and is easy to incorporate into my work, it comes right in. And the gift, like the real beauty and blessing for me in this work is that I really am able to recognize that I am the vessel that I'm the channel. It's not about me and all of the things that I've learned and can now teach you. It's, I can do my job if I remain present in my life enough to receive all of the wisdom that comes through. It comes through me so it can come to you. And I joke that like, I will have experiences solely for the purpose of passing them on. Something will happen to me one day I'm like, gosh, that was weird. Why did that happen? And then the next day I see a client and it's because they needed to know about that experience. Wow. And it um, like comes up in conversation or something like that? or Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Things come up in conversation all the time. 
that I that just are they immediately go through go through me right they're not even really for me um, so that is just an example of sort of the nature of how I get to approach the work right so it's like that's like that um, desire to sort of help people and again correct me if I kind of don't say it exactly because I want to honor what you're saying but like the desire to help people discover kind of who they really are essentially is kind of like your guiding uh, principle I guess behind the work that you do is that yeah it? yeah and really yeah it's to to give to help people have find be what they need in that day so every day is different and when people ask me what is a session like with you sort of give them a basic overview but I say you know every day and every session and every person is totally different and we're all best served if we walk into a session knowing that we have no idea what's going to happen. Yeah, and that can be a really hard thing, I imagine, for some people to do. And like, yeah. I'm, looking, I'm kind of like thinking about it, like almost from your point of view, like you have all these modalities that you you can draw from. So when I look at that, I was like, man, that would almost be my if, if I was in your shoes, I think that would almost be a little freaky, like um, trusting that I'm going to be able to 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 give the right thing. I basically can't have any attachment <laughs> to what I think is going to happen or even this cool new thing that I learned and I like want to put it into practice doesn't matter because if it's not the right thing that day, right. it's not the right thing that day. Yeah. And I think that can happen too. Like you get really excited about something and you like want to share that yeah. with somebody else who's there, they're, they maybe just don't resonate with that. Right. And so it's like, that's like kind of like, you know, put that part of like your ego aside and just like you said, I like that, like just being present. Yeah. yeah, and that's, you know, I think one of the things that is worth saying about that is that it's really beautiful. It also, um, it really does require like an extreme amount of self-care in order to show up that fully and that presently for somebody else's needs on a regular basis. Yeah. And I think, I imagine you experience this as a parent. I think that people in the healing, healing professions experience this, but um, there needs to be a balance. And that's actually, that's one thing that's really present for me right now is um, I love giving, it's easy for me. It's so like, it's my natural state to be present and to assist other people. And I have to be really conscious of how I balance that for myself because um, I have to remain healthy and uh, vibrant and able to be present in that way in order to keep doing my work in the world. Yeah, and so can I ask like with that kind of self-care, is that something that like say you're, you say you had a really busy day and you met with a whole bunch of, of people, um, is, it, is it that you feel like maybe you're taking on some negativity or some of like a hurt or is it more of like in order for you to serve them best, you need to be coming from a place that's uh, like more centered and balanced. Mm -hmm. Is that kind it's, of like, yeah. It's the second one. Yeah, I have practices that I use to really make sure that I'm not taking on other people's energies. It's more about making sure that I am full enough that I can give happily and freely without taking away from myself. That's cool. Right. It's like an overflowing type of cup. Exactly. That's what they say, right? You, it's better to give from an overflowing cup. You can't yeah. give from an empty cup, right? Right. 
So if I have a day with a bunch of clients, I know I need to be well rested the day before. I need to have really made sure that all of my needs were attended to so that I can happily be present for the beautiful work that's in front of me. And then after that day, I need to make sure that I take care of my needs again. Yes. And that's okay. So like, this is, this is really interesting because I, I, I think I sort of knew this about you, but not maybe quite to that extent. And this is definitely something that I struggle with, you know, where trying to make things happen, especially with the family. Right. And like, there's a lot of world, like kind of worldly kind of concerns and fears and all kinds of things. Right. And like, like hard work is, is good. You got to do what you got to do and all that. But man, I have this really, really hard time sometimes as I'm, I'm sure maybe other people do as well, where it's like, if I feel like I am taking care of myself, to me, it's kind of like a playing thing. Right. I mean, like I, really try to meditate as much as possible, which are very self-care things. But like, there's that part of me where like, I love to be active. I want to go surfing. I want to go walk my dog, go hang out with my daughter. And there's something about those things where I'm like, oh, I feel like I'm cheating somehow, right? Like I'm not doing the responsible thing. I'm just out here having fun. And no, no, I gotta be, I have to be responsible. I have to be working, right? And so I think like in me, when that happens, there's a conflict that comes up with that. I mean, do you ever face that kind of thing or like, how do you, how do you see that? Yeah, I think first of all, that, that line of thought is present in a very high percentage of people. Um, I think it's really common and I definitely deal with it, but um, I think because of because I've been doing this work for a while now and it's so clear to me that things like rest and play are imperative to me being able to do my job I have been able to prioritize them but I still come up against on a more subconscious layer those that feeling of I should be doing something like like kind of comes up out of nowhere it seems Mm -hmm. like yeah like consciously i'm like no this is the right thing i need to be resting or i need to go have fun but that doesn't stop the little voice from (laughs) coming up and questioning it so it sounds like you know obviously uh, infusing that balance in your life is actually part of the modalities that you work with right i mean that's like they're kind of based around that balance right exactly Um, i really have to walk my talk you know exactly i think it's a huge thing and like so i mean yeah are there things, I mean, you don't have to get too in depth, but like what sort of things to help you stay on that walk? When that little voice is coming up, it can be extremely incessant. Like what sort of things do you do to help you through that? Well, I think it's important to note that everybody is unique and has their unique sort of blueprint of what balances them. Um, so for me, like rest and alone time are really important and right but like some people they are energized by going out into crowds that's not me you know Um, and play time for me is like creative time or um, time in nature is very important right Um, and so when those voices come up and tell me that I should be doing something else most recently I've been able to combat combat that by just remembering 
bringing myself back to the knowledge that in fact I'm better at getting things done once I have treated myself right. in whatever the thing is. So for example, I could have a whole to-do list of things to do in a day and I'm like not really getting any done, right? I'm just like, it's not happening. It's like several hours in, it's not happening. And so there's a voice that goes, maybe you should go to the beach and put your feet on the sand for 10 minutes. And then I think, oh no, I mean 10 minutes, but it's also gonna take me 15 minutes to get there and 15 minutes back. And now I'm on almost an hour. And like, I'm not really gonna wanna only stay there for 10 minutes. Can I really sacrifice a whole hour of my day? Right. And then it's like, um, if you sacrifice that hour to go to the beach, you're gonna complete the rest of your to-do list. Or you could stay here and all day be looking at the to-do list and maybe get like one thing done. Right. And also it's interesting, what popped into my mind right when you were saying that is that I know the times that I've allowed myself to do that, because mostly, it, for me, it like gets to this breaking point. I'm like, I yeah. just gotta get out of here, you know what I mean? And it's like, I'll go, I love going to the beach or something, but like, I do a lot of times, I'll like take, take um, you know, the dog for a walk, and it's like, I'm actually really, I need to pay attention to this more, but it's surprising that like, in that moment of nourishing myself, I'll get this inspiration or something or like a really, really like cool idea about how to approach something that maybe isn't even on my immediate list. Yeah. Right? Yeah, but it's been like something I've been like struggling with. You know what I mean? And uh, that I think is extreme. Meditation, right? Like a walk yeah. meditation. And a, yeah. But just being kind of open to that, you know? Yes. Yeah, and I think that's really, um, another thing I'm reminded of when you're saying this is like, you know, struggling with, you know, this kind of creativity. And I, I feel like, you know, especially in our society, you know, and it's a, we live in a very fast paced world that I think people are starting to recognize kind of what you're talking about more and more, but we're still really ingrained in this, like get it done mentality. And I forget where I heard this the other day, but it was, but it made so much sense that like, you know, this universe, the world, God, whatever, like really wants us to be creative because if we are like um, not expressing that and we're just sort of doing, you we're not allowing it part of it, then it's like this planet, this life experience with everybody on is actually missing out on some really, really beautiful stuff. And that for me was like a very like comforting thought, you know what I mean? Of like, oh, wow. You know, being creative isn't just me like feeling cool about things that I'm doing but I'm actually expressing myself as a human being. You're expressing yourself as a human being and the divine is being expressed through you, right? right. Yeah, there's like a lot of power behind it, yeah. If yeah. you think of the divine as creator and we are all also creators, then allowing that creative energy to come through us and allowing it to be fully expressed too, right? Like yeah. really allowing the flow of it through us is a gift absolutely to the whole world definitely to yourself and i think to the divine as well i agree it's almost like if you were um i mean it's kind of a dark way to think about it but if i was like a, say a paraplegic or something uh -huh. right? like i had no ability to move my body but i have this mind that's just on fire you know it would feel really good to be surrounded by people that could like physically or with their voice or whatever express like my creativity mm -hmm. like 
that would seem extremely, um, I, I think that would really, really make me feel good. So it's like, if we think of like the divine is like, almost like in that role. Yeah, the great mind. I never really thought of it quite that way, but yeah, we're like the hands and the voice and whatever of like the creator, right? Or Yeah, one of um, one of the things that I, that I do that I love doing is writing, writing prayers. Like I really love when there's a particular thing that I'm wanting or needing or wanting to embody to like really feel into what I really want, how I'm relating to the divine, to the universe with this and to write it as poetry. And sometimes that makes its way into music. And, um, but in my most recent prayer that I wrote, one of the lines is about, um, that I may reach as many people that I may reach with your hands as many people as you please to the divine, basically like, I'm just here doing this work. Right. Like your hands, your touch is reaching through me yes. to, to these people. So it's up to you, you decide, right? This is like a, a prayer for the right clients to show, right? And so it's not, it's not up to me. I'll do, I'll do whatever tasks or actions are inspired by, by you, by the divine, but it's about you. Who do you want to reach? Who's yeah. right for this work? Bring yeah. them. And that's interesting. I want to get into prayer in a minute because that's a really interesting subject, you know, but like, I think that again, this is one of those things where it's like, um, I think I remember reading a lot about that in um, Autobiography of Yogi. Mm -hmm. um, and he, and it's like the whole book is essentially about that. You know, I mean, for the most part, it's like him just, Paramahansa Yogananda really just being guided, you know what I mean? And, and there's so many stories of like not knowing what's going to come of this, but just having that ultimate trust, yeah. you know, above anything else. And, um, it's interesting too, like being a business person that again, coming up in this world, that's about, you got to get out there and really just get as many people. It's like, that's a totally different approach. And the way that you're saying it, I think is a completely valid approach, but it really flies in the face of this, like kind of an aggressive way. Like you are going to get my message or whatever it is, whether you like it or not instead of well, let me be this this vehicle right let, let me be the person that's ultimately it's like a, it's like a human connection thing you know you're connecting as many people as you can and i just think that there's something that's so beautiful about it. it's like i think that's like that part of our society that's like missing you know what i mean yeah no yeah <laughs> what's that <laughs> i think it's on the rise i i think so too I think so too. And I think that's like, um, uh, there's like these cracks, you know, happening in our world. We're like, I feel like the divine is, is actually starting to pour through more and more. Um, because I think partially because it's a lot easier to connect with people such as yourself, you know what I mean? And, and people can get this, these messages a lot more clearly from all over the world. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's like collecting in these pools, which are, um, we're kind of like emerging right now. It's a really cool, cool, weird time to be in. You know what I mean? But it is absolutely, yeah. yeah. Um, let me ask you really quick because you talked about prayer, mm -hmm. and I know that you know for a long time with me, like prayer was like kind of a really uncomfortable thing, you know, because I always really just associated it with like um, like Christianity and that mm -hmm. type of thing, and 
I was never really sure um, maybe the right way to do it or that there are other ways to do it. So would you mind just talking for a second about like how, how do you approach prayer? Mm, yeah. I want to cite a couple of things mm -hmm. first that are flowing into my mind. Yeah. Um, one is that I grew up Jewish and in Reform Judaism, there's quite a lot of song. And I remember the feeling that arose in my heart when I was singing these songs as a kid. Yeah. Um, and I remember a, a time as maybe an older adolescent or young adult at synagogue with my brother and a certain song we started singing a certain song and like there was just such a palpable energy of love mm -hmm. in that song and we like held hands and we're just like sort of grasping onto each other and feeling the energy and um and that's that's what i'm striving for in prayer and so i yeah go on sorry oh well, i had the the fortunate experience of having a, a positive religious experience without being super tied to my religion. Um, Judaism, a really long-standing, kind of formal religion in, in a lot of many ways. Yeah. And then uh, when I was in my 20s living in New York and I discovered kirtan, yes. uh, right, chanting, and I had the same feeling, yes. the same feeling I had as a kid. And I was like, oh, I just love sacred song. Yes. That's okay. It doesn't really matter what lineage it is. If it's genuine, I mean, song for me just opens up the a gateway to the divine. So that's one one piece I want to sort of lay down. That's like a form of prayer is what you're saying. Maybe one form. As a form of prayer. Mm -hmm. yeah. And another piece I want to put in this foundation is that... Um, I was recently watching um, the 1985, 1986 Anne of Green Gables, which is like my favorite comfort movie. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I saw all the new versions of that show. It was like, I forget, was it maybe on Netflix or something? Uh -huh, and I've never seen it before. And and Lauren and I were watching that. It was like, I loved it. Anyways, I hadn't seen the I, original, but go on. Really cool. I recommend the original. I haven't watched the new ones because I like don't want to replace. Totally. The images, you know? <laughs> but it's it's my comfort. Yeah, it's, totally. Yeah. Um. So I was watching it recently, and uh, and Anne shows up, you know, at her new at Green Gables, and she's told to pray, and she doesn't know how to pray, and so she's told to kneel at the side of the bed, and you know how how to do prayer, and she says. I think if I ever really wanted to pray, I would just walk into an open field and really just feel my prayer. Oh, yeah. Right? So I wanted to lay down this thing about the song and this thing about feeling a prayer. Yes. And that I like prayer as an opening to divine energy. So it doesn't matter so much what image or what lineage is represented there. Yes. For me, the important thing is, can I get to a place of feeling that divine connection? And so a lot of, I think it's nice to have some entries, some entryways, right? So if 
a prayer that you learned as a kid is the thing that's going to open it up great if there's a song doesn't even have to be a, a sacred song or a song about God, but if there's a song that just opens you up, yes, that if it's dance, if it's movement that opens you up, start with that. And then once you feel that connection, right? The thing about prayer is offering gratitude and thanks and acknowledgement for the divine. And then you have the opportunity to put into that portal what you want and, and play with that. That's a really cool way to look at that. I And I want to say a couple things. The first thing I just want to get this out of the way really quick, because like I want to talk about this experiential thing, which is I, oh, so cool. What I, first of all, I just want to hear you saying is like, always I think what confused me about prayer is first of all, that it was just like a, a, like, um, like a monologue type thing, right? That like I'm putting out there. And it really seemed to have this quality of grasping to it, if that makes sense, right? Not necessarily asking, but like, like, I really saw it as like, please God, like help me through this time, right? And it almost had like a very um, almost disempowering. Yeah, right. Like, like I really need to. I need this help. Like it's it, it's literally like a like how I would think of a prayer. Like I'm praying that I'll be saved in whatever situation this is. And what you're saying is that really it doesn't matter what. First of all, what format the the prayer takes. It doesn't even have to be devotional necessarily, and I can attest to that for sure. But that it's 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 more so of um, the prayer is kind of a way of opening a door into an experience and allowing uh, that higher power to kind of come in, or maybe being able to see that and 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 touch it really, right? I mean, it, maybe it's not even coming in, but like. Um, can I just give an example? Because uh, you had been doing kirtan for for a long time, and for whatever reason, it was it was pretty new to me. It's, it, it was a form of like um, kind of yoga, you know, like going to a kirtan that I hadn't really had that much experience um, in. And then I I had um, an opportunity to go and like uh, take like this cool drumming workshop at the Ama Center up in uh, near San Francisco here, and it was like this really really great experience. And a lot of it, it's very it's, it, they don't call it kirtan, but it's essentially that same type of thing. I was like, oh, this is really cool. I want to go and just be a participant at a kirtan where I'm just sitting there. And I went to this kirtan yoga, and it's like, you know, we're in a, in a yoga studio sitting there, and my gosh, Lizzie, like, I, I hear what you're saying. Like, when that music came up, first of all, and they, they were projecting the words, which is cool, right? Because, like, in a language I don't understand. And that's always been a weird thing. Like, well, if I don't know the words, like, how do I know? But what I, what I discovered was, I started, oh, they would chant the words, you know, a couple times. I was, I was following it on the screen. I'm like, okay, I got this. The strangest thing happened. I'm drumming, you know, I started drumming on my legs. I'm a very tactile, rhythmic person. And I just let my eyes close. I never heard these songs before. And before I knew it, I'm able to chant completely. And, and just being taken by that, right? Like just riding this wave, right? And then I think the most amazing part was, I'm not sure if this is how kirtans normally go, but like, the music stopped and it was silent. Nothing was said. And I literally just felt inclined. I'm sitting just like this to kind of just turn my palms up and literally just started soaking it in. And you talk about gratitude, like I didn't have to try to be grateful, right? Like this gratitude literally just welled up inside of me. And it was like, yes. 
And it was this really deep, deep, deep experience that I could not put words to. My favorite moments in Kirtan mm. are those few moments after the chant has ended. Yeah. The, the thing about Kirtan is that they say even uttering the names of the divine, because really that's more or less that's what you're doing in Kirtan. You are chanting names of deities. Mm. And they say even uttering these names or these words will lift your vibration because they have been carrying like undiluted basically have been carrying this potent energy yes. for a very very long time yeah right and so when you have a whole room of people let alone like it happens by yourself too when you have a whole room of people saying singing feeling playing these words again 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 oh my gosh like the energy that builds up there is incredible and then you stop and you can hear feel you can like you can taste it like it's just this magical yeah moments it's crazy what the, the image that honestly just popped in my mind right now i don't know if you've ever been sailing like on a really good day but like if you have to if you've ever been on a sailboat and like there's some wind out there and like you have to motor out to get to it you know what i mean you have the motor going and you're kind of like okay and then there's a moment where you cut cut your engine off and you're in the middle of the ocean and all of a sudden this boat that weighs thousands of pounds is just being pushed along and it's the greatest feeling it's it's a similar but like so much more powerful but that was like the image that just popped into my mind right now that it's literally like when that when that music stops it is like this unstoppable wave. It is like a force of nature. I mean, it's like supernatural, I, I would honestly say, because it, it literally, there's nothing pushing you physically, right? There's nothing like happening, but there's so much happening, if that makes sense. Yes, and, and I think- very, and like, With a lot of gravity too, yes. you know? Yeah, I was that, <laughs> if anybody's I mean, yeah. not experienced kirtan before, just as like a kirtan, kind of like someone who doesn't have that much experience with it, and someone who does, like, man, it's a really beautiful experience. A really beautiful experience. Um, and there's someone I was going to ask you about that. Um, oh, what I was going to ask you is, is it's cool because you're saying that even though you don't know what these words mean, it doesn't matter. Right, because there's just these power, this power and this intention being carried in those words. Yeah, and I find sometimes, normally I'm, I'm a purist about a lot of things. Mm -hmm. So, you know, normally I think I would say like, just chant the names, just do it, you know, purely. You mean like um, music or something like that? Or, um, yeah, what do you mean like purist? In this case about kirtan, but I think in a lot of things I'm a purist, like I just like things the way they are. Naturally. Like, like there's a tradition you mean like keeping it kind of like undiluted like that type of thing or yeah. yeah and not not in a militant way at all but like for example in yoga class mm -hmm. I don't really want my yoga teacher to tell me about how I should be spiritually living my life like I just want them to teach me how to go through the asanas right. you know like I right. just I Love like to type of thing. exactly yeah. um but with kirtan, I find sometimes it's really helpful to infuse some English in mm, okay. for people who, like, I think it's good both ways. I love doing just the words, just the names. It's 
so powerful that way. But sometimes people need a little bit of like pulling in, right? If they, so for instance, there's a chant, uh, Ganesha Sharanam, which is, I surrender to Ganesh, the remover of obstacles, right? So it's just the whole thing is surrender, 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 surrender. And um, the, when I play that, I have one line that I throw in where I say, I surrender. And you repeat again, I surrender, I surrender, I surrender. And it's helpful to have words that you know what they mean, too. Yes. Well, I think that can be actually a major uh, blockage for some people. Like, you know, say I'm coming from a mostly, like, maybe maybe I'm somebody who's, say, in a Christian, like, I go to a church, I'm from, you know, and I'm, I'm, I have a more traditional style of religion. I'm, I'm, I'm Western, right? Like, I'm not really exposed to that. I grew up with that. And maybe it seems weird to be, I'm drawn to go to, say, a kirtan or something, because maybe a friend brought me. And then people start chanting Ganesh, and I'm like, what is this? This is not my religion. But to know that, no, what we're really, really chanting at is to surrender to this, this, this image, this deity that essentially stands for the removing the blockages of things in my life. I mean, that can open you up to a, a deeper connection with Jesus, right? Absolutely. Right, to, to whatever uh, your main spiritual devotion is or not. Yeah. Everybody has blockages in their life, inside and out. Yeah, so that's cool. I like that, like putting the I surrender in there. I mean, and I can see how that could very musically kind of like flow in there too, you know? So uh, Lizzie, do you um, do you lead kirtans? Is that um, another I thing? I haven't been formally leading kirtans lately. I kind of infuse them into other work that I do. Um, i leading new moon circles for a while. And so I use, I use chants in yes. that work. Um, I like to use it kind of like sound healing. Yeah. And yeah, that sound healing is interesting because it makes me think about that with this. And it's almost like, you know, when I've always thought about sound healing, it's like, oh, there's something in the actual like vibration, right? That's like happening it. But I think it's it's interesting. I'm a very science minded person, right? Like I, I tend to like, when I think about vibrations, I'm like actually like picturing like a waveform traveling like through the air and stuff. But I think that it, it have you know, being able to like let go and like connect with say something like a, that Kirtan experience we we're talking about where there's a very, very like subtle, if we compare it to like the world of like objects and all that, but this extremely powerful, like underlying vibration. And I think that Kirtan, like that silence, I don't know if that's what it is, but like, it's almost like that's, it's like this really long wave, you know what I mean? And it's like, you wouldn't feel that in, in everyday life, but man, when it hits you, it's like, whoa, you know? It's a real force, you know? Yeah, and I'm not sure how this, I'm not sure how to properly say this mm -hmm. for a science mind, but um, I do think that kirtan is a, a high frequency, like that it, that the, the frequency of that, the vibration of that is higher. And I'd love to know eventually, I'd love to be able to talk about this scientifically. I think, yeah, yeah, totally, yeah. And so then when you stop, you can you, you feel the, the change. The room feels different than it did before you started, like very oh. clearly. Yeah. 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 I mean, do you, in your, in your work, Lizzie, um, I mean, do you, do you come across, you know, people that are, um, you know, maybe, I don't know, like left-brained or like, you know, science-minded. And again, I'm like, I'm a very science-minded person, but I really appreciate spirituality as well. But I, I know that like, you know, I know people that are 
so science-minded and, and like a realist, right? Like the reality that's in front of us that we can see, which is valid. Um, like that, that can sometimes be, they can really cut you off from this spiritual dimension. I mean, do you ever run into people like that? And, and if you, I mean, do you have conversations with people like that ever? Or, um... Yeah, and usually people who are coming to see me have some interest or curiosity in exploring this other side. Yeah. Um, I try to make it a practice not to like prove, prove the work to skeptics. Yeah. You know, just because I don't like the way that feels. Yeah, and obviously it's up to them in the end. Right. Right. But I will say that there's quite a bit of scientific research about the effectiveness of things like Reiki. Yes. Um, you know, the when I teach Reiki, we always we read an article that that talks about the scientific aspects and basically the my hands when I'm doing Reiki are emitting a frequency of anywhere from three to like 13 hertz, usually around seven hertz, which is the same frequency that is used in medical devices to regenerate bone growth and things like that. So, and those things are powered by electricity, right? And it's exactly, like, right, it's, it's, you're yep, like, they're emitting a different frequency. Right, and right. So, that's been that's been proven. It's been, you know, there have been plenty of studies. So I like having that information in my back pocket so that when somebody is curious, I have information that makes sense. Yes. Um, yeah, but like I said, I try not to make like a business out of proving it to people. Um, yeah. That's just not the side of it that I really enjoy. It's not, it's not, um, it does, I don't feel like that has a lot of integrity either. You know what I mean? Like, I think like, uh, honestly, I think this is something that I'm discovering and I think this is a big part of the feeling is that it's not you trying to convince somebody, right? Because in the end, that just doesn't work. Right. I know for me, like, I was never like growing up, you know, like I was never like a religious person, never grew up with religion and didn't really get it. You know, but I can remember a very specific moment and, and I'm not Christian or anything like I didn't grow up with that, but like literally having like a Jesus encounter and it was like a feeling at first, you know what I mean? And it was, I remember driving, you know what I mean? It was like, it just, it like, like hit me. I was like bawling, I had to pull over and it came out of nowhere, you know what I mean? And it's like, because I had that experience, it piqued my curiosity, you know, and cause I couldn't deny it. You know what I mean? And that was, I couldn't be like, no, that didn't happen. And part of me was like really, a big part of me was like really happy that it did happen because it was such a cool, different experience. Yeah. You know? you know, God energy just feels really good. Yes. It's amazing. It is really like this pure, pure love. You know what I mean? And uh, yeah. And Okay, I kind of want to segue here a little bit because this kind of leads me down a road. Because, like, Lizzie, uh, you know, I I met you. I think you had recently moved out to California from like it was like Pennsylvania or something yeah. or New York. Or, uh, yeah, I was living in New York, but I'm from Pennsylvania. Right, and uh, so we were living. We were in Hermosa Beach, uh, you know, South Bay of Los Angeles. Really beautiful place to live, and but definitely like the concrete jungle. It's got a funny energy there, you know. And yeah. and we were working at a coffee shop, you know. Yeah, I think you were there when it was still Planet Earth, right? No, I came like uh, within the first month that it became a source. And okay, it's transition. You yeah. trained me. Yeah, I did. I was like, I was like, yeah. you're, yeah, cool, awesome. But like, you know, this very, very like 
real job, like working in this coffee shop, right? And, um, you know, I moved on and I remember talking to you and stuff and, I, and there was a point where you started, you know, had some different responsibilities in there, but I remember you getting to a point where you were just like, you know, I just need to go take off. And I mean, you can fill it in, but like, basically you're like, I, I don't know what's going to happen, but I am feeling this calling to just go. I had a huge awakening. Yeah, I'd be mean, really hoping you would talk about that a little bit, kind of like how that came about, uh, the experience itself, and, and like, yeah, what was going on with that? That was a really cool time, I think. Thanks for bringing it up. Oh, yeah, that was, that was huge. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, so I had been on this spiritual path for a few years already. Uh-huh and have been practicing Reiki for some time already, a few years, and, um, but something happened, man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it was, I had recently, I think, gotten out of a relationship and was sort of like the beginning, uh, and I had already, you know, had been chanting Kirtan and had discovered Trevor Hall, who's one of my favorite musicians, because he's a bhakti, a devotional, singer-songwriter and so you know Kirtan is I believe his practice as well and um and so his music just really like it really carries carries the the magic um and so I went to a concert that was Trevor Hall and Nako um both of whom I just love now and Nako I've met a couple of times he's like a really sweet guy um so I went to this concert that they did together and the whole thing was like a download for me. Like, I just was kind of sitting there like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, just like receiving, receiving, receiving all this information about I needed to like go to the woods and I couldn't, I couldn't do what I was doing anymore. I had to change. Can I just interject really quick? Can I just ask, yeah. had you decided that you needed to take off this point yet or was that not even really on your radar yet? Not on the radar yet. <laughs> yeah. And then, I think the result of this awakening was I had decided, um, I, I must have gone back and looked at my notes from a Reiki training that I was in and saw that my teacher had channeled for me, I had written down, you will write a book. And I was like, that's weird, feels kind of relevant. Okay, I'm going to, in service of this, I'm gonna write every day for 30 days. So I gave myself a 30 day writing challenge um, which if you've never done, I highly recommend doing, everybody. Did you have like a, did you have like a purpose to your writing? Or was like, I don't know what I'm gonna do, I'm just gonna No, write. it could be like journaling or creative writing or whatever, but just like pen to paper every day for 30 days. Cool. Um, or, you know, fingers to keyboard. Like you still like a time limit? Like I'm gonna like at least a couple, like 10 minutes or half an hour or something? At that time, I was so like juiced up. Yeah. I didn't like, it, I couldn't stop it from flowing. Yeah. Now, if I were to do it, I'd probably need to give myself like a time. For sure. Yeah, yeah you were like in the flow. It sounds like you were really. Yeah. Oh, I was. Yeah, I was just like full of full of it, full of all the energy. So I was writing every day for thirty days, and then somehow, you know, remembered that I had already channeled this children's book <laughs> six years beforehand. Uh huh. 
Um, come up with a concept for a book, what you're saying. Yeah, well, it wasn't a concept. It was like the full text of the book. I, I was living in London at the time and I was sitting in a park and I just like line by line received this wow. book, yeah. wrote it down, didn't know what to do with it, wasn't ready for it at all, but it was there. It, it lived. Yeah. And um, so eventually after these 30 days of writing, which, you know, just writing that much and being that I was really like journaling for me. So being that in touch with my inner self, yeah. it became really clear. I had to leave. I had to publish this book. Like I had to go. Was that scary for you at all to, to know that like, hey, I, I'm in this new place. I got a job and I gotta go. When I feel it that clearly, I have no doubts. I have no fear. Wow. And that's how I know that it's, that I can go and I can do it. When I have fear and doubts, it's not, it doesn't feel like as clear a directive. But there have been a couple of times where I have to do something really that would objectively be scary and I really have no fear about it. The first I think would be, um, uh, maybe the second would be moving to California. That was like, also just like a download. It's like, oh, this is what's happening. I guess I'm going to quit my job, get out of my apartment sell my stuff and drive across the country with no money, no job and no place to live. And like, I had no fear. Wow, yeah. Do you have to, I, and I, I wanna get back to your story, Lizzie, I'm sorry, that's but right. like, I mean like, that's pretty cool. Cause I'm, I, I feel like that would be such a scary thing to do. I mean, did you have like very supportive parents? I mean, how, how I do you have that? Very supportive parents. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, I, I didn't have anybody telling me that's a bad idea. Sure. Yeah. So I'm like, why would you think that? It's like this kind of crazy adventure you're about to go on. Yeah. So I yes, I'm very lucky to have always very supportive parents. But I just think there are times, I hope in everybody's life, where you know something so clearly that you give yourself the gift of not needing to do all the mental work of of justifying it justifying it yeah right i'm saying like oh no i shouldn't but i have to or you know that's a lot of work yeah and like that's it's weird because like that rational mind right like uh, it's it, it feels kind of at odds with that like down um that that receiving mind here. It's very easy to, to convince yourself that you're not doing the, the wisest thing, right? Yeah. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, anyways, yeah, go on. That's Well, that, I mean, that just makes me think of, you know, I talk about almost everything in terms of the masculine and the feminine, and so this is a perfect example, right? Where this receiving is the feminine, it's the yin, it's the receiving of this download, and feeling how it feels in my body and yes of course i have to move forward with it because my whole body tells me yes yeah and then the masculine mind in this case might say well make sure do you have all your ducks in a row like how are you going how are you going to accomplish this how are you going to achieve this and so that can be i don't want to paint the masculine mind as a negative thing it's really oh, yeah um, that's, that's for sure right i mean exactly yeah there's a place for each and the trajectory of our society for a long time was really valuing the masculine over the feminine 
And now we're in this place where we're starting to value the feminine more. And um, so I'm always trying to pay attention to the balance of that. I want to make sure that they're getting equal airtime, you know, or or that a situation that calls for the feminine gets the feminine, a situation that calls for the masculine gets the masculine, and that they get to support each other, um, not battle each other. So let me ask you then, in this in this sort of situation where like you you have this calling, and, and let's get back to like you know you, you're you're already in California, but I think this would mm-hmm. probably apply to you coming out to California too, uh, just so we don't get too far off track. But you're like, okay, you have this experience where like I need to go, mm-hmm. right? and so that's this very feminine like receiving kind of download situation. Yeah. Now, I mean, is it because like I, I imagine there's a voice coming up that that masculine kind of having to figure it out voice probably came up yeah. sometimes I imagine is it like I mean did you approach it if you can I don't know if you can remember it was like okay we'll worry about that when it happens or it was it like like how do you how do you deal with that because you don't want to just say no 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 you know yeah, what I mean uh, right right but it can be really hard because I think we're saying with the trajectory of society like that that masculine voice can be very overpowering I like to use the masculine to make like 60 plans <laughs> right. right so like in that case I'm like okay i need to go what are the different ways this can happen okay and so i use the masculine brain to go okay well i could do this i could give two weeks notice at my job and you know and do it this way i could give six weeks notice at my job and do it this way i'm pretty sure i could go home and you know stay at home at my parents house is that how i want so just like working out it's like almost creating a bunch of different possibilities yeah so that i have some structure but i'm still gonna let the feminine tell me which one am i gonna do that's really cool you know what's funny i was it's funny because like i'm looking at that in a totally different way right like this this the way our different brains work and like for me my my mind is looking at like the masculine would be like and this is what i struggle with is like is is trying to give me all the reasons why i shouldn't do that which I, oh my gosh, it, it bums me out that that's the way that my brain, what I think, what I really like about what you're saying is it's like, okay, you have this this very powerful experience, this very powerful message, and it's not that the masculine is telling you not to do it, it's saying, oh, okay, well, I have this vision. Let's use this other more analytical planning side of my, of my, of the energy, my brain and all this to help figure out the different ways to make this happen that yeah okay that's i love that it's just a way to to shift to use what you have to your advantage right it's embracing it and telling well yeah to your advantage yeah exactly does that feel like something does that feel like something that you will be able to do like now that you have the awareness of it will you be able to put that into practice it's funny it's one of these things that um that I have been, you know, actually uh, was really struggling. Um, you know, I've had some things, and I'm sorry, we keep getting off your story, so don't let me go off on a tangent here. But uh, back again, uh, yeah, totally. Um, uh, you know, for me, like I've had some really interesting things come up in my life recently, in like the last year, that have been completely out of my hands. Yeah, and have taken my life forcibly in a different direction. Yeah. And, I mean, and that's me trying to do 
the right thing, right? Trying to have this career as, as, a, as a teacher, trying to get out there and be like, I'm supporting my family. I'm doing a good uh, service that I'm doing. You know, it's hard work. I'm, I'm, I'm doing what I need to be doing. Yeah, you know, it's hard. And literally from, through no fault of my own, having that ripped away from me. And it's at a point now where like, I can't, you know, to, not to get into it too, too deep, but it happened, the timing of all this stuff happening was right during my credentialing process. So I can't get my credential. So it actually blocks my path going forward with that. Mm. So it's like, whoa, like there's this freak out that has happened with me. This happened back in October, right? So like I was, man, going through this huge, I mean, just maze of emotions, right? And I'm getting very depressed at points too. And like actually had a time I was like, you know, I got to figure this out. I need to see what's going on. I, I'm trying to meditate. I'm trying to put all this positive stuff in. I actually went. I had like a brain scan done mm -hmm. to kind of see what was going on. Cause I'm like, I feel like I just can't get on top of like almost like a negative, like kind of a really like blue feeling. Yeah. And it was really enlightening to see that they, um, I think it's like in my, um, there's some, it's not huge, but there's some imbalance, like my frontal lobe. There was, um, uh, an, um, there's an imbalance going on, which for whatever reason, I don't call this nature and nurture. I have a natural tendency to sort of be pessimistic about things. So it's very easy for me to, to almost um, have a negative reaction to things, right? Mm -hmm. And so I think for me, being a science-minded person, that gave me something to work with, right? And recognizing that. So knowing that, and oh, there's actually a physiological thing happening inside of me that maybe makes me freak out more than I should, mm -hmm. right? Kind of gave me more of this like power behind um, catching because I think I've been meditating for a while so being able to watch uh, the arising of thoughts yeah. you know obviously from from session to session meditation session is like it can be difficult or, or more easy but doing that over time has cultivated like um, a mindset of recognition if that makes sense right so that coupled with like oh there's a science information has made it easier for me to recognize when like I'm taking a negative perspective on something. And you know, Lauren, you know, for those listening, my wife, Lauren is totally like an optimist. Yeah. And she came up, she's, you know, came up in a totally different, she's a, an eternal optimist. And so we can see the same situation in two totally different ways. And what I think about what you just said right now is actually highlighting just another way that I'm like, oh my gosh, I am pitting this masculine mindset against the feminine in a way of, in a way where they're actually butting heads, right? Because and I am- support each other. Right, and like, right, they should support, that should be the role. And it's like, what is going on? Why, it feels kind of ridiculous mm -hmm. it that way, but because, get back to this just really quick story is that like now I am literally forced to embrace a a life of faith honestly like I talk to Lauren I'm like we're living on faith right now and like whoo like it's making me like me my eyes we're up because it's like it gets freaking scary at times but I what I'm starting to recognize is that the reason it's getting scary is because I need to know what's going to happen. I need to know how all those pieces are going to fall in place. And there's something about saying, 
well, you know what? I, I just, I'll just go find a job at some whatever on, you know, and at least then the, the pieces will be taken care of. Well, guess what? I just committed myself to a job where I thought the pieces were all taken care of and they weren't. And that was a huge wake up call for me. So I think what's really great when I bring it back to you here is that like, and you saying that really was just an aha moment for me right now. That I, part of doing this podcast is a very, very heartfelt, like this is, I enjoy doing this. I enjoy learning about it, figuring out like all the pieces are like a joy for me. And I love talking to people and having these kind of conversations. So it's like, this feels right, right? So it's cool now to think about, you know what? Instead of trying to say, try to, you know, ha have these butting heads of like, no, no, you need to go get a, a different job. And like, right? It's like, no, 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 no. What are the ways and how, I, how can I actually make this happen? Let's think about, let's, let's brainstorm and come up with the cool different like formulas that might work. To, to be able to talk to a, as many amazing people as I can. Because you just taught me something right now. I wasn't expecting that, you know? And, and also... Beautiful, creative use of your, of yeah. your talent, right? Because this uh, masculine brain, this analytical, like that's a talent that you have. Right. But it's always seemed at odds with this yeah. artistic... I'm a very creative and kind of trippy-minded person. Yeah. You spend any time with me, man. I like going off, you know, and like, it's very, that's actually very comforting. I'm like, I'm kind of sit, I'm going to sit with it after this talk. Yeah. So I'm like, ah. and it seems like, how did I miss that? You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Wow. And it, it reminds me of one, one of my favorite little metaphors, which is, um, about the moon, I do these new moon circles, and so I and I work with women a lot. So we do a lot of talking about the moon, and I love the moon as an example. Um, you know, for women, like our moon cycle is very pronounced, but men also go through cycles, right? And um, we don't ever like look at the new moon where we're only seeing a sliver and like get mad at it for not being full. Right? We understand that it has a cycle that it goes through. You're saying we don't get mad at it for not. We don't get mad at the moon. We don't look at a new moon and go like, how come you're not showing your whole self to me right now? Right. That would right? just seem ridiculous. Yeah. Ridiculous. Because it's very clear. We understand it has a 28 and a half day cycle. We see this much on this day and this much on this day and this much on this day. And I think it's helpful to apply that to ourselves and understand that like some days we're really good at some things, other days we're really good at other things. And, and the best thing we can do for ourselves is to accept to where we are in any given moment, what part, what phase of the cycle we are in. Because acceptance makes way for understanding and understanding makes way for love. Like you can't actually love yourself or the moment or anything if you're not if you're battling it yeah if you're getting all pissed off at yourself for not being like this superstar today or right whatever right right yeah how can you love yourself truly yeah. uh, and it's funny because i think we put that under a bit of this guise of like 
well, I'm just trying to be the best person I can be. You know what I mean? It's weird. Again, I think that's like that masculine thing. That comes in, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Clear, straight. It's a feeling thing. I think that's what I'm, what I'm starting to um, kind of realize a bit more about having to actually walk this path now. I don't have a choice, which I think is actually pretty, I'm like kind of <laughs> excited about that. But it's not something that's easy to convey necessarily to someone who's maybe not in a similar mindset, right? Because like, absolutely. I know that like when we talk to like, we have a very supportive group of, of people that are very like-minded individuals, you know, uh, without kids where we live in Santa Cruz, right? Um, and some of them are, you know, subscribe to that kind of thinking more than others. And they're all amazing people. But I think there's a lot of, when, when they see what's happening, like with the job situation, that type of, you know, that we're going through, there's a lot of concern. Like, are you guys going to have to move? And there's like this concern. And it's like, it's really difficult to convey. Like, the joy. Um, when I can allow myself to have that, you know, and not freak out. To convey that connectedness that I don't think I've ever really felt because it hasn't really been put to the test. Right? But it's not like I can be like, yeah, you know, like, oh man, we went and we, we had this, you know, huge day at the show and made thousands of dollars. That's great. You know, it's like, there's pieces of these kinds of things happening, but it's this overarching subtle thing that is very, very hard to convey. And I, mean, I feel like I'm going in a weird spot, but yeah, go on. You mean like to convey, well, what I'm, what's showing up? Yeah. And well, I don't know if this is what you're saying or if it's just like an offshoot of what you're saying, sure. but is that it's almost like brave to be to choose to be happy and joyful and in faith when everybody else sees your your circumstances and so yes. how could you be yeah that a much better way to put it and and it's it's interesting too because this is another thing that with like the negativity thing that comes up is like um how much of like a complainer uh how, how much strength i should say like the complaining kind of mindset um, has, and I think this is a kind of a societal thing, right? That we sort of like to bitch and moan about things. Oh yeah. And it's interesting because we talked about this a little bit before we started actually doing this, but like I was at an event this weekend and it wasn't really what I was expecting it to be. Yeah. And like, I, I show up as a vendor to sell our cushions and like, man, I'm set. <laughs> but it ended up being more of like this networking thing, which was very misleading and, and very disappointing at first, if I have to, if I can be honest, you know, and I was really bummed out. And I could feel that that was kind of a, a general thing. And I'm there by myself and I'm like, I had been considering the podcast and I just got like these really cool, like clip on microphones, you know, that I could record on my file, I like, figured it all out, right? And I'm like, you know what? I think I just want to go around and just talk to people and interview um, as many of these other vendors as I can. And if there's people like, it's like very slow, you know, I don't really need to be at my booth. Like, okay. It was, it only was like a six hour event, but it went by like, all of a sudden I'm like, whoa, it's time to go. And I had talked to so many people and 
it was so cool to see people open up, right? So it was this really amazing connected experience on a, on a level that I didn't anticipate. And part of me really wanted to be complaining about not it not turning out the way that I was hoping it would turn out from the mindset. And from a purely like a financial, like selling product kind of like approach, right? And I remember just being pretty high from this experience. And I was working my butt off, I'm like lugging all my stuff. It was like a hard working day. And I remember calling Lauren when I'm like driving home. It's about an hour and a half drive, and like she's like, how'd it go? And I laid it out for her the reality of the situation and she's like oh i'm sorry i'm like you know what it was actually really cool you know and i started telling her but and but there's part of me that wanted to complain mm-hmm. it was interesting i'm driving home the whole way and i and like kind of laughing to myself and kind of talking out loud about how amazing this experience actually was and still when i got home i started bitching and moaning a little bit because mm-hmm. i sort of felt I sort of felt like I had to, which is weird. You know what I mean? Like I felt like I had to make an excuse of why I didn't have this bang, like banging day of like making all this money or whatever. But what I noticed is that when I was able to catch that, I started actually talking about how it was and like my, uh, uh, my mother and mom and her husband were over and our daughter's here and we're having dinner together. And it's like, it became such a lively, energized conversation you know what i mean and it was just really interesting seeing that like man why do i want to complain so much you know and that's the thing with what you were saying of like this thing of like oh you poor you poor people you know going through this thing it must be and yeah it's hard but yeah i don't know it's testing a friend who um you know i'm really close with and basically talk about everything with and um so we'll com- well if we need to complain we'll complain to each other because we do a whole lot of higher vibrational talking too. Um, but she was telling me about a situation um, in which you know she was talking with her husband about something, and he basically asked her, "Can you take a breath and talk about this as your higher self?" And I love that phrasing. Like I love the idea that I could say to somebody. Um, I kind of like really want to complain about this thing right now, but instead I'm going to choose to talk about this from a higher self perspective, right? And like, you can have both. You can complain. If you want to complain, you can complain. But when you give yourself the option of talking about something from this higher perspective, um, it feels better. It's more fun. Yeah. And I think it has to be in context actually with the complaining aspect though, too. Yeah. You know about like, you know, like the spiritual bypass thing. Right. We don't want to just like ignore. Right. Feelings. Right. If, because if I feel like I have a legitimate gripe about something, right? If I feel like somebody wasn't honest with me, say, yeah. like I got taken advantage of or something like that, like, um, okay, like I should be able to express that. But how much energy am I going to devote to that? And am I going to let that dictate? like where I'm coming from, mm. yeah. you know? And yeah, so like if you're, if I, but if I'm coming from like a higher perspective thing, I mean, yeah. how do you think, I mean. The, the things that went wrong, you just get to talk about them from a different perspective. Yeah. Right? And I think that can be helpful. I mean, if I, if I have like this legitimate gripe, right? And then I choose to, okay, stop complaining about it. 
and and talk about it from a higher self. I mean, what do you what, what do you think well, that means? I think that higher self doesn't mean that you're ignoring a problem or that you are letting somebody off the hook, you know, if they did something wrong. I think it just means that instead of coming at it from this position of, I didn't get what I wanted or what I expected, that's not, you know, that person did this to me. Instead of that, we get to come at it from, I was really disappointed. I can tell that I had an expectation I think that expectation was valid given the information I was giving. I wonder what their intention was. I think I might reach out to them and find out if this is what they were expecting also. I think I want to have more conversation around this because I'll feel more resolved if I get to the bottom of it. It was, it was, I thought it was going to be a bummer, but in fact, I had the opportunity to make all of these connections and I'm yeah. actually Although I'm still disappointed I didn't make a bunch of money, I feel pretty good about how the day turned out. Yeah. Right? I, like, I really dig how you just talk through that right now. Because what, what I notice is true, it, it, it actually takes it from a victim victimized mentality to an empowered mentality. Exactly. And, and I think that's what's really cool. You can think about like, you know, people say that like if somebody is um, hurting you in some way, maybe, you know, saying something very negative towards you, that they're really just hurting themselves, right? Or something like that, you hear that. It's like, or, or like if you, if you, uh, I guess that's not what I'm sure. Like if I start really worrying about that, that I'm really just empowering that person to, like I'm giving them more power, right? To do that. And so it's almost like, okay, this this thing happened. I don't know what this, this organizer's intention was. I mean, it could be just circumstantial and like that stuff happens, right? Like. I want to see them as a genuinely good person. But yeah, you're right. Like how cool was it that I was able to be empowered enough to go out there and actually bring a completely different experience to everybody who participated and maybe make their days even go faster too or better or, or whatever. And you did that for yourself too. Oh, totally, totally. Yeah, so it's cool. It's like, it's, I feel like, I don't know, maybe as a society we have um, we have a hard time being empowered because I think people like to complain a lot and like I'm really curious why that is and why that is in me in, in me too you know like because it feels great to be empowered I think that a lot of it is habit to be honest mm. you know it's just I, so I mean, great the whole answer but I think it's part of it yeah and yeah yeah, and I well, I think that actually, I think we're kind of in this adolescent phase of like this emerging consciousness as well. And I think that, um, especially, you know, leading up to this point, I think there's been a lot more of the spiritual bypass. Yes, right. And and so spiritual bypassing would be pretending that that was actually a great experience. You had no disappointments. Right, and like, like I'm trying that. to explain it away. Right, right, right. right. Just without like honoring my feelings. Who doesn't know what that right right bypassing something yeah yeah but yeah go on sorry well, just if you remain honest mm -hmm. right that's what that the way that i just talked through that yeah was really making sure that the things i was saying were true you think verbalizing it helps you do that a lot it really 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 does there's <laughs> only one voice that can come out when you're speaking right i feel like if it's in your head it's like you can have 10 different people in there just like going like, but if you're saying it, 
Yeah, yeah. It's just like audibly breathing brings you into presence with your body. Right. Intentionally speaking, I think, brings you into presence with your inner being. Right. Yeah, and it actually, I think, hearing your own words about it too, like you can see, does this feel true? Totally. Right? Like all of a sudden you can be really honest with yourself. You can feel your reaction to your own yeah. Yeah, because I think that like in, in the past, I know that if I've listened to maybe someone giving a talk or something, and there's a lot of that like bypass thing going on, um, I think that's the best word I can come with, like the, the spiritual bypass. It's like, it's, it really turns me off because I'm like, well, but no, that's not how I feel. And I feel like that right there, if, if I were to hear somebody talk through it more, if I were more... Um, uh, more conditioned hearing that kind of thing, yeah, maybe I would be more empowered. Yeah. I would be trained in how to like take a different perspective while still honoring um, what's going on inside of me. There's a practice that's um, that I learned from Abraham Hicks. Yeah. They call it pivoting. And uh -huh. you start with, let's say, um, We'll start with the situation. Sure. The, your your first response is to is to complain like this didn't go how I thought it would go, or you know they duped me, or you know something like sure. that. Yeah. Um. But you start with something that's true, like this didn't go how I thought it was going to go, yeah. and then you pivot just like one degree, something that's still true but feels better. This didn't go how I thought it was going to go. The pivot would be. Um, this didn't go how I expected it to go, but it turned out okay, right? And then the pivot after that might be, this didn't go how I expected it to go, but actually I really enjoyed myself. And yeah. so you're not ever saying something that isn't true. You're just sure, choosing yeah. one degree feeling better in my body, one degree feeling better in my mind, my soul. You know what's interesting about that when you say that? It's like, when you go by degrees like that, it's a very easy thing to do, right? It's very mm -hmm. easy to embrace that. But when you, it's funny, when you said the first thing like, Oh, this this wasn't what I expected, but but it was okay. We said that I, I could see myself doing that, especially if I'm very upset, right? Like, mm -hmm. okay, I can concede with that. But something happened when it, when you just said, "Oh, it's just okay." Part of me was like, "No, no, no! I want to be a little bit more than that." Oh, good. So it's no? natural for you to pivot up. It was easy, but then I can see how the pivots. Can, it's like a stair. It's a staircase walking. Up. That's a really great practice. Pivoting, cool. Yeah, that's really cool. I like that. I think that's a really good thing because, you know, like when you're in it, uh, something you're very emotionally triggered by something, it can, be, it can be impossible to switch over to that other perspective. It, sometimes it, for me, it just takes time. And and that's also really important to acknowledge. Sometimes right, right. you need to feel your feelings until right. you're done with feeling them. Yeah. Because it's not going to go, if you don't feed it, it's not gonna go on forever. Right. It's interesting. I think having a, having our daughter, um, having Delia is actually taught that we really, um, from the very start, have been that way with her. And not the way I see many parents raising their kids, not probably the way that I was raised. And- Those are like my favorite parents. Oh, thank you. It's, I mean, I surprise myself, right? Cause like if we have a daddy daughter time, She's four, so I'm not always like her most favorite person right now. She's definitely still attached to mom, <laughs> but like, I know it has nothing to do with me. If you know, from if I'm looking at it from higher perspective, but she's if she's having like a really hard time with something, 
Lauren has really showed me this and, and it's, it, every time it works, every single time it works, that she's having the breakdown of breakdowns. I don't care how big or small this breakdown is or how ridiculous or not or, or justified it seems, right? If we can just approach it from a, a, heart, a place of compassion and it, which can be hard, especially if you're in public, because I feel like you can be judged very easily for not like taking more control of the situation or something. Again, I think a symptom, symptom of our, our society, but taking this compassionate thing, really honoring what she's feeling. Oh, I hear that you're really upset about this right now. And, and, and saying that's understandable and like really meaning it and allowing that to happen, allowing her to get there and not trying to fix, not trying to step in there and fix. Any guys listening out there? Ding, ding, ding. Man, dude, that is like, there's a great, uh, oh, there was this thing, it was on the internet. It was like a, a where like literally this woman and her boyfriend, she's got a knife like sticking out of her head. And she, I mean, it's fake, right? And she's like complaining to the guy and he's and she's like, my head is just really hurting. I don't know what's, it. and he's like, um, <laughs> There's a knife and she's like, it's not about the knife, you know? And it's like, it's such a, it was, it's like comically over the top, but it was like, man, there is so much truth to that. And, and that's a difference between men and women, I feel like. But doing this with, with our child, it's amazing that allowing the, to honoring the feelings, allowing them to run their course, oh my gosh, the, the cries will get to a point where like, you can tell that like, not as much is being pushed out right like vocally yes it moves it shifts yeah and like there's a, there's less energy behind that i'm like oh it's waning right now and then maybe she's down to snuggle and hug even if she's really angry at me for something do, do you oh. need a yeah and then maybe we can even do some like lion breath things or we just move on and it happens there has not been a single time that it hasn't worked so i want to ask you yeah yeah <clears throat> Um, how would you describe from a male perspective, mm -hmm. what is it to hold space mm -hmm. and to be present specifically like with a woman and, yeah. and the feminine? Sure. Yeah. I understand exactly what you're saying <laughs> and, and not that I understand it, but you know what I mean? Like I do my best and I'm just going to preface this by saying that like, I am still even being married for um, going on eight years now um, with a woman who is from the very beginning, that's how she's been kind of helping me um, navigate our relationship with her, that I still have so much to learn about this. And it's really a, a kind of a frustrating thing sometimes with me. But- I'm curious to know what you, because I think this is, it's something I don't know how to explain to a man. And yeah. I don't know if I'm the one that should be explaining it. Yes. Um, well, I'll tell you this right now. It's like the knife in the head thing, honestly, right? Anytime I try to get in there and fix at all, and not that there's not going to be a time for fixing later, but say that you're my significant other, right? And you're having a really hard time. And I don't want you to feel that way or Maybe you've been that way off and on for a couple of days and I'm kind of like, man, get out. you know, like I'm, I'm not like, what's going on here? The worst thing I could ever, ever, ever do is not honor how you are feeling. And 
what does that honoring look like? Sorry, no, no, it's and, and the reason I'm, I'm a little slow to answer because I'm really thinking about it. it's 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 such a weird thing it, when we talk about it after it happens. I'm like, oh, yeah, duh, but like it's weird how elusive it is for me, and I think for, for a lot of men, mm -hmm. it's a simple listening. So, if Lauren is really, really getting out, if she's in super complaining mode, bitching and moaning, it doesn't matter, right? Like, we get there, it is my job to simply listen simply listen and commiserate on some level like man that is that sucks that is so hard i oh my gosh yeah that angers me too you know like and like you gave that example of your your friends right and i've taken that approach and there's nothing wrong with that approach but there's a time and a place for it exactly. right? if lauren's having a really hard time and i say I wonder if you could look at this from your higher self perspective. <laughs> the nice going in your head. Oh that. my gosh. Lauren is, is infamous. If you've been around us for anything like that, she's like, she'll be like, I wanted to punch you so hard right now. And I'm just like, but I was just trying to, what are we trying to, you're like, cause like for me, I'm trying to fix it. I'm like, Hey, the logical thing is just to go and let's think about this differently. But that's not what's needed. What's needed. She's, she's coming from a totally different energetic perspective as me just in her physiology. And she's a different person and she just wants to be heard. She wants what she is feeling to be validated in an honest way. And much like with our daughter, if I can do that and she may be pissed off at me too, I may be the one that she's totally complaining about. And if I start taking that personally, and not just listening to it, which can be the hardest thing ever. Like, man, I know I said I was going to do that and I didn't, but you know, like, I'm sorry, I dropped the ball. I, I, I have these other things. Stop. It doesn't matter. Like, it's not about me. It's not about me. It's not about me defending myself. Even I'm trying to, to I may think what she's saying is totally wrong about me. Doesn't matter. We can have that discussion at a better time. I hear what you're saying. Like, like Jalen, I, I hear you. That that sounds frustrating. Like I I apologize. That's that was a very frustrating thing for me to do, or or whatever, whatever the situation is. And giving it however much time it needs, honestly. Yeah. If you need space, I need to honor that space. One of the, one of my biggest things is I want to get in there and, and keep asking her about things and like keep probing. And I don't know why I do that. She'll be like, I need space, and I'll be like, but, 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 you know, I'm just, it's like, just, I don't know why, like I do it. You know what I mean? And it's like, just listen actively, which means literally I hear you and not just saying, I hear you, I hear you. like from a heartfelt place. So I think for me, if I can do that, squaring up to her, but not in like a dominating way, right? But just opening my heart to her is how I kind of think about it. And there's a practice that I really, really love um, called Tonglen, which is a, it's a, it's a, it's rooted in Buddhism, but it's like a, a breathing in. Uh, Thich Nhat Hanh, uh, the Buddhist teacher talks about this practice a lot. And he was like in Viet Vietnam and all that. So it's like really cool. But like, it's essentially like breathing in start with yourself, but breathing in, I can do it with myself too if I'm having a hard time, the pain around the situation, right? 
So if I'm having a hard time, I'll do it with myself. Mm. And like almost picturing like this oozy, black, like gummy, just nastiness, right? Breathing that into my heart. And then breathing it out and just transforming that into just a radiating white light, like from every pore of my being. Yeah. And it's not like I'm like, right? Like it's just, it's literally like, I'm just sitting there and it's like, if I'm breathing in, I'm just feeling the pain. And I'm breathing out pure love. I'm not, I don't need to put words to it. I don't need to do that. I can ask questions. I can affirm. But I find that if I put that breathing into it, it helps me become more centered. But if I look at that as like from a from like a fix it point of view and like, why aren't you feeling better yet? Can't you feel that I'm breathing for you type thing? Like you can't, it has to be a very pure like approach that like I'm trying to bring as much love and compassion into this as possible. And it may, I may really hate what I'm hearing, but this is what is needed right now. One of the things I'm hearing is that inherently you, you have to be present with the situation. Right? 100%. 100%. You can't be caught up on what doing this is taking away from you or what you were thinking you were going to be doing or something like that. Oh, yeah. That, cause that is the surest way to show somebody that you don't really give a crap about what they're saying. Mm -hmm. Right? Even though I do, and like, I'm, my thing is like, oh, but I'm, just, I'm, I'm really stressed out because I'm trying to figure out what I need to do to like take care of, like, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, I don't care about all that right now. Right? Like, that's not really what it's about. And I think that's very much like that masculine and feminine approach type thing that comes into there, right? The fix it thing. Yeah. And literally it's like, I, it's not about the knife in, in the head or whatever. I'm totally stealing that from another video, you know, that I saw. Like, it's not about that at all. I don't care how obvious it seems. This person might even be creating their own hell. Usually, right? Well, but, but I mean, but maybe not, you know what I mean? It, but it may be just glaringly obvious. doesn't matter. It doesn't matter, you know? And um, I don't know, I think it's like the Dalai Lama who's really, really, he's like um, all about like compassionate listening and one of many, you know, like teachers out there, but like there's a lot of, there's a lot of power behind that very simple act of mm -hmm. giving somebody your like heartfelt intention mm -hmm. and not trying to solve the problem for them, yeah. you know? And, and much in the same way it is with Delia, once that happens, there's a very, very distinctive shift that happens where maybe she'll initiate it or I'll be like, hey, it's so like, are you, are you ready to talk? And there's a clear like, energetic shift where it's like there is now space for a, a discussion and if there is a problem to be solved that's when that can happen right and so again it comes back to this presence of that you are present enough open enough that you can feel that shift happen yeah right yes yes i like that you keep bringing it back to that it's um it's something that's been on my mind lately <laughs> And um, yeah, it's something I realized is like very important to me. I'm dating now, yeah. so I'm like meeting people and seeing how they feel in my, you know, how 
how does that person feel with me yes. and one of the things i'm noticing is that like that presence for me is like it's non-negotiable I, I don't know how to how to deal without it i i hear you i hear you and there's and it's it's a very challenging uh time that we live in too where it's with cell phones and stuff you know yeah it is so easy to not be present and um, especially in a relationship. I mean, I really, I, I had to actually really um, make a point about that, especially, you know, I had to notice it is, is because I was uh, feeling really low about things and very challenged about things that going on and looking at like stupid pictures and stuff on the internet and videos seemed very harmless, but it's like, what am I doing right now? This is really an escape mechanism. And, and there wasn't a lot of judgment behind it. I got to a point where I was like, I don't really want to do that right now. Right, and there's and there's a difference between intentional and, and mindful, right? Or intentional and mindless. So if you're just like scrolling through and like, oh, okay, okay. Yeah. That's that sort of mindless and it right. becomes mind numbing, right? But right. if you say, I really would love to take my mind off of things. I'm gonna watch a comedy. Oh, totally. Set aside these two yeah. hours to laugh and forget about my life, right? That's yeah. like an intentional, Oh, I think it's a beautiful yeah. use of it. Yeah. Right, but the intention's different. And for us, it's like family movie night. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, and it's like that's that nourishing part of ourselves that we started talking about, right? Yeah. Like, it's cool to go and check out for a bit. Like, we all need that. Definitely. Yeah. You know? um, man, I feel like this could go on for Lizzie. I know, I could talk for weeks. I know. This is great. Listen, there was, um, there was a couple things that I wanted to actually um, talk about. I, okay. can I Can we sort of end on just a, a subject here that, you, that via email you talked about this and um, I thought it was a really cool statement that you you wrote and it, 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 one of the topics that you, that's been on your mind lately is that devotional practice is always the answer. Mm. Yeah. And for me, for you, uh, this is, this is, this is from you. And, but, but I think that, yeah, go on if you want to just, Start yeah. I, I definitely want to hear your question about it, but yeah. devotional practice is always the answer for me. And I think if you are a person who has a relationship with the divine, then devotional practice is probably also the answer for you. But I just want to say that to say that if somebody is an atheist, devotional practice might take on a total, maybe it's still true. Maybe then they devote to kindness if that's what they believe in. I don't know. And that's kind of what I wanted to ask you about is like, you know, I think we live in a beautiful time where there's such a mixing of ideas happening. And, and you talk about being a purist, but I mean, you just look at the different modalities that you bring in to what you do, right? And, 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 that, yeah. and, and even coming like Judy, uh, uh, like a, a Judaism background and infusing these other things into them. Well, like this devotional thing, yeah. What if I, what if I am somebody? What, what could that look like just in everyday life, right? Does that mean I have to go and start going to kirtans? Does that mean I have to start praying to a higher power? What if I'm uncomfortable with that? What if I'm the type of person where like the proof is in the pudding, right? Yeah. It's like what, what could that look like? The pudding, then your devotion is to the pudding, or whatever got you the pudding, right? So like, if. If you are an atheist who who believes in in kindness, I like that. I said that off the top. I think a lot of a lot of people in that uh, mindset actually do. 
actually do what? That, that a lot of people that don't really have necessarily a belief in God or don't mm -hmm. know, do have an underlying belief in kindness or very, very genuine. They want people to be taken care of, maybe not. Yes. But I don't think those necessarily two have to go. Right, like yeah, yeah. kindness, charity, like whatever is the thing that brings you to a place of feeling like you're good. You're a good person in the world. You're connected and connection is a thing. You're in, in the right place at the right time. Whatever practice brings you to that feeling can be your devotional practice. I and mean, you don't have to call it devotion if that feels weird to you. But you want to devote yourself to what feels aligned. You know, what, what again, what pops in my mind is almost thinks about like someone who's like, say, totally an atheist, right? Like zero spiritual kind of like inclinations at all or anything. Mm -hmm. It's just a matter of like, they feel like they want to be healthier so they could be so they could uh be um more you know be, be better at work so they go home to see their family and they, they can show up for their family more amazing right? right and when you said that i thought of course some an atheist it's like it's a foreign thing to me so i have to like get my way there to that mindset but what does an atheist believe in physical body what can i touch right so yeah take care of your body yes your health yes you know whatever you do that puts what you believe in in like the highest regard in the highest state uh you know in health and joy and pleasure that there's this cool paradox i think that kind of happens with that is that like again taking this like an atheistic kind of viewpoint, right? Like someone who's who's like, oh, this all just woo woo, whatever stuff. That say I say it's just about health. Right? My devotional practice is to maintaining a healthier lifestyle for myself and my family. Say, if I'm truly honest about that, then the things that I'm devoting my my attention to, my time to, the decisions I'm making, I have to actually check into myself and say, does this feel right? Am I doing this just because I've been told it's the right thing to do? Or is this really what feels right for me? I think that's actually like the crux of like the devotional practice is like, where's gonna have the most impact is, okay, maybe I don't know and I can go and gather information, but, and there's so much information, especially if you like talk about like health stuff, right? It's a tough one. What feels the best for me? And I think what's- um, I don't even know, like that's how you and I would make those decisions. But I don't know that that's how everybody makes that decision. But I'm wondering though, to true, because what I'm looking at is like, okay, like, because I think people might be very confused. Like I've been, I was confused about prayer, right? Like how, what does that mean devotional practice? Like, dude, I care about my health. Yeah, I try, right? But like, I almost see that is like, to make a devotional practice is like, to be true to yourself, right? Mm -hmm. and, and be true to what feels. I'm not talking just like, sensory like ah oh, this feels good like you know what i mean it's like no if i can really if i if i'm really dedicated to this this help like you know quitting smoking or something say well that's probably a pretty heartfelt thing that you want to do because you're overcoming a huge like sensory yeah. mental like addiction right yeah why would you make that decision to quit that unless it was something that was very very true to you and I think what I'm getting at is that like, in the process of doing that, you're not maybe actively calling out to like a higher power, opening up to it, maybe, and maybe you are, but the act of checking in with yourself on that level 
it actually does kind of open yourself to your higher being. I think whether you realize it or not. That's definitely the way that I would view it and the way that yeah. you would view it. And I would, it's intellectually challenging and fun for me to have conversations like this. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And to, and to understand like, because I can it's hard. Like you and I will go immediately back to that. Well, what do I feel? What is my, my inner self, my higher self, my, you know, whatever, what, what's, how does my body respond to this decision? Yeah. And I imagine that those things are present in some way in a different mindset. Yeah. I don't even know. I think everybody's has that potential. You know what I mean? It's, it's weird. It's like, I'm kind of thinking it was like, man, there almost used to be like a not, and, and like, you know, like I'm down with spirituality, but it's like, there almost needs to be like a way for people that don't want to feel the pressure of that. Feel the, like, what is that like to truly listen to yourself? And I think there are some modalities like MBSR, you know, like mindful, is that what it is? Mindful-based stress reduction. Stress reduction right? yeah. There are practices and now meditation is becoming, because it's scientifically proven to make a difference in your health and your brain function and all of that, that um, meditation is more mainstream. And so people are, people who felt it was, I hate the term woo but you know, people who felt it. Yeah, like, totally. Yeah, um, right they you know they're starting to embrace it and i think that one of the inherent side effects of meditation is a clearer understanding of your inner your inner guidance system yeah and like just kind of like what's going on yeah cool hey lizzie i know we got I hate to cut this off um, <laughs> i know listen, well, let's do another one um well let me just finish this um first of all uh, do you, are you opening out of a storefront right now? Are you are operating? I out of have um, a new office in Santa Monica. Yeah. If somebody was interested, they're in Santa Monica, or interested in coming to experience what you do. Um, mm -hmm. How can they find you, and how can they uh, get in contact with you? Yeah. So they can find me at. Uh, we operate by appointment only, so you can um, find me at magicisreal.org. Yes. or um, the space which I share with a friend who's an astrologer and spiritual counselor is the healing den sm like Santa Monica, uh -huh. dot com. Okay. Um, and so yeah you can get in touch with me any way you want Instagram Facebook email and um, yeah I'll set up a time to get together cool and I just want to say that like your magic is real site you do like your daily um... I have a daily magic email, free daily email that goes out where I do a card reading and just a very short piece of channel guidance every day. It's a little inspiration. And it's really good. Like I really dig it. And like I hadn't, I remember this, like I get so bombarded, but I hadn't done, like looked at it in a while. I was like, I looked at it. And I think Lauren and I had looked at it like on the same day. It's like, oh, that was, that was, so, it was like, I forget what it was, but it was like, man, it was just, it's really nice. It's a nice thing to show up. Um, in your inbox for sure it's not a long message or yeah it's it's a short one i i do occasionally get you know responses back like oh that's exactly what i needed cool. today cool. those are always a nice little affirmation like okay sure. yeah, i'm not just sending this out into the into the void cool 
Well, Lizzie, you know, it's a pleasure. I hope actually we can make maybe a regular thing of this. This oh is God, like yeah. really super cool. And uh, I feel like there's so many more things I want to talk to you about, but um, man. Okay. We'll put them on the list. Yeah. So really, I just really appreciate you um, opening up and sharing your perspectives. And is, is there anything that you would like to say? Just, to... just thank you. It's really a pleasure. I love having these conversations. I always have loved having these conversations with you and with Lauren and always my favorite to talk to you guys so yeah. i hope that everybody listening or that anybody listening um gets to experience a, a piece of that yeah. joy that's what we're trying to bring with this you know what i mean yeah. so i really had fun with that more next time or next time for sure and uh thank you so much for having me of course made it to the other side. We hope you enjoyed listening to this episode. And uh, if you like what you hear, you want to hear more, please uh, subscribe to Mattercast. And always uh, let us know how we're doing. And you can go on and see the video that goes along with this interview on our YouTube channel, Matter Handmade. And you can go check out the rest of our goodies at youmatter.com. Y-O-U-M-A-T-R. We really look forward to seeing you on our next episode. And until then, my name is Jeff, and I just want to say peace, have a beautiful day, and always remember that you matter. Thank mm-hmm. you.